Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, gentlemen. And welcome to the Encouragement Group, the group that we do each and every Friday. We do it because we know the weekends are tough. The weather starts getting warmer. You start getting the idea that you're getting weller. And suddenly the work that you thought you came here to do, suddenly you feel like you've done enough. You know, recently I announced that we've done some outcome studies. I don't know how many of you have got a chance to hear this, but uh, we, stu- we study people after they leave treatment. After they complete treatment, we follow up. And the latest data is in. And it says this, that we were able to track 77% of the people that completed treatment from uh, July of last year to June of this year. And of the 77% of the people that we tracked, 88% were still engaged in aftercare treatment and a whopping 93% were still clean and sober. What does that tell you? It tells you that if I stay in this program and I complete this program and I do the work in this program and I don't just do some of the work, I don't do most of the work, I, I work at doing all of the work, i got a good chance of being successful here. We do this group because we want you to stick and stay. Because we know that if you choose to do so, you will benefit in the long run. All the times you've been down this road before, whether you've tried to quit on your own or done it with treatment and thought it's impossible for me, hope is lost for me, listen to those numbers. 93% of people that we were able to track one month after leaving treatment here, after completing treatment, were still clean and sober. Yes, gentlemen, 93%. So when I get up here on Fridays and I tell you that the fact that you are here now means that hope and opportunity exists for you, the numbers bear it out. It is possible for you. As much as you see yourself as helpless, as much as you see yourself as hopeless, as much as you tell yourself when you walk through these doors that I can't do it, we see time and time again men graduating, separating from treatment, saying the same thing. I didn't think I'd ever make it to this point. I didn't think I'd be standing up here uh, separating from this community. I thought it was for someone else. 93% say that it's possible. That's pretty good odds if you're willing to do the work. And when I thought about what I wanted to talk with you guys about today, I had this thing running through my head. I said, something about flowers, something about flowers. And I came up with this. It's a new one. Uh, A flower must open up in order to bloom. You know, when you're out there and you're drinking and you're drugging, you didn't notice the flowers. A lot of you guys are here from Long Island, Staten Island, New York City, didn't know, you know, and, and, and think you're up here in Putnam County and you're in the middle of the, uh, the country. You know, you see wildlife and flowers and trees that you never noticed. We wouldn't notice these things when we're using. And now, many of you have come to appreciate the nature that exists around you on this mountain. And when you think about a flower, you know, we look at flowers and we notice how pretty they are. But in order for that flower to bloom, it's got to open up. It has to open up and bloom. Right? You think there's a message related to recovery in that? 
Okay? We believe that all of you are like flowers. You come in here closed. You come in here with things like, I can't trust people. You come in here saying, I'm not going to do all of the work. I'm going to do some of the work. I'm going to stay closed. I'm going to stay guarded. And then something happens. And maybe you see someone else take a risk. And maybe it gives you the confidence and the courage to take a risk. What is courage? Courage is the ability to act in the face of something difficult or scary. Opening up. Allowing yourself to be vulnerable takes courage. But when you do, and when you open up and you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you have the opportunity to bloom. What does blooming mean in recovery terms? It means the best of you gets to come out. The person you were intended to be becomes. Other people see it. Many of you guys have made that phone call home and, the, and your family members who were guarded when they got on the phone with you were nervous about what you were going to say or what you were going to do or what you were going to ask for. All of a sudden say, you sound different. Maybe you have bloomed. Or maybe you are blooming. And something that Michael likes to talk about, and Michael talks about you know uh, the, the the trees and the leaves and how you know uh, this is kind of the opposite, Michael. Where in, when the fall comes and the trees lose their leaves, the trees don't have the option. The trees don't say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, wait a minute! I'm not getting rid of these leaves. I need these leaves." They just let it go. Well, what do you think happens when you allow yourself to be vulnerable? And you allow yourself to drop everything here. We are a spiritual dumping ground. We are ready, willing, and able to take on all of your garbage, all of your issues, all of your problems. And, and the flower doesn't say, hey, wait, I'm not ready to bloom. I'm not ready to open up. flower doesn't do that. flower just does. You guys have the choice. You guys have the power. And you've tried it before. You've tried going through treatment. You've tried getting sober without opening up. Did you bloom? <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't. Because you're here. How about this time? We don't question it. We don't fight it. We take those healthy risks and allow ourselves to open up. Because when you bloom, there's something beautiful inside that's waiting to come out. The life beyond your wildest dreams is possible. But it comes when you're willing to do that work and open up. Can I have a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Michael! You know, my brother, my youngest brother was a New York City fireman for 20 years and he retired from the fire department and of course like most firemen and policemen probably he's seen a lot of things and he has a lot of stories to tell but there's two stories that he told me over the years that I kind of held on to that I like to share with you guys once in a while the first one is the story of a person who is on top of a building or up in a window and they are afraid 
the fire is surrounding them. They're trapped and they can't get out. And they're calling for help and they're yelling and screaming. And the firemen are down on the street with the net. And they're saying to the person, jump, jump, we got you. And the person says, but I can't see you because of all the smoke and everything. And the firemen yell back up, don't worry, we can see you. Jump. Hmm? The person has, in order to save their lives, they have to jump without seeing what they're jumping into. They have to trust somebody else who's telling them to jump and that it's going to be okay. See what I mean? That kind of trust is part of what's necessary for recovery. Some kind of a leap of faith. Even though I can't see it, somebody else can. And they're asking me to trust it and to jump. Huh? So don't be afraid to make that jump huh? when the time comes. The other story my brother liked to tell and I, and I like to pass on to you guys is the story of the nozzle man. The guy who goes in first into the fire. And this is a story about the importance of encouragement, how important it is to have people in our corner who encourage us. The nozzle man was not the person that nobody liked. They didn't stick the same guy up there all the time because they didn't like him. Because that was the most dangerous job. It was the most difficult job. No, they took turns doing it. But my brother would say that the most important person on the hose was not the nozzle man, but it was the guy behind him. The guy behind him had his hand on his shoulder and he's screaming in his ear the whole time, come on, come on, let's go, 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 we got this, we got this. And my brother says that that fire, when you're the first one going in, it's right in your face. He said, I, he said so many times, if I didn't have this guy shouting in my ear and pushing me forward, I would have turned around and ran because it was too scary. huh? So be that for one another. Be that second man, the man behind the guy who's going into the fire. Be that person. Be the one who's shouting encouragement into each other's ears so that you all can keep going forward and, and conquer this, this thing that you're trying to conquer here, okay? All right, have a nice weekend. Guys. Thank you, Michael. Leaps of faith, being someone who's supportive and encouraging, these are examples of the work it takes to do in order to bloom. Guys, it happens here all the time. You know, when I, uh, you know, and we'll talk about miracles in a minute, but, you know, the miracles that do happen here all the time, I like to call ordinary miracles. Ordinary miracles. We're not talking about landing a man on the moon. We're not talking about landing a plane on the Hudson. We're not talking about jumping into a volcano. You know, these are miracles that each and every one of you has the ability to attain. These miracles, are, you know, they're all around. And they're just waiting. Waiting. We're waiting for you to be our next miracle. But, you see, when I say ordinary miracles and that you can all have them, I, this is not the lottery. This is not, you know, some stroke of luck lands on some guy and all of a sudden he's touched and the miracle has come to him. No. This miracle is available to each and every one of you if you're willing to open up. If you're willing to do the work, deal with the stress, and give time time 
you too can bloom. And gentlemen, this is a place where we see miracles happen here all the time. And at this time, we ask that if you've experienced a miracle in the past week, if something has happened to you that you never thought was possible, but it did happen, we ask that you take a moment to share that miracle. You know, it might feel good to be able to share that you've experienced it, but there might also be somebody else in this room who may have one foot out the door. Maybe your miracle will help them stay. So at this time, we ask that if you've experienced a miracle, would you be willing to come forward now and share that miracle with your brothers? Come on. Come on, don't be shy. Dead air is a bad thing. Hi, my name is Jason T, track 7. Uh, you said a miracle is something that you thought might never happen to you. Well, I'm in pretty much my last week here, last week or two, and uh, I never thought that... I would behave in a way that would end me up in discharge committee. And when I got into discharge committee, I never thought that I would be allowed to stay here. But um, obviously, you guys and the counselors saw something in me that you guys allowed me to stay. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And uh, it's allowed me to see a lot of things about myself that I was never able to uncover at any of the other treatment programs that I've ever been to. So I'm in. You know, all you guys out there, keep doing the right thing. And like I said, I'm in the end here, but now is the time when i got to work the hardest, and I'm presented with that opportunity. So that's my miracle. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Thomas S., track two. Um, you know, my miracle was uh, finding out about this place. I never knew it existed. And just coming here and meeting all the guys that I've met and getting involved in the program and you know, especially the guys on my track, you know, I've learned a lot. They've teached, you know, taught me a lot. And, you know, this place is great. And I consider it a miracle. It saved my life pretty much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anthony W., uh, track six. And um, I've had a long career, you know, in uh, using and in my attempts to recover. And uh, I've been told in the past that, some of the reason why my recovery attempts hadn't been successful is because it was more cerebral and intellectual instead of heartfelt. Um, I had like some of the information, some training. I even worked for programs before, but it was all in my head, head knowledge. And um, so I made a decision to return to St. Christopher's. Um, and I came here. And I had a defining moment. A lot of the guys remember I was sharing at a meeting um, about how I have a niece and how my relapse affected her and how it touched her and my family. And then I felt it. And then I had all of this emotion and a catharsis of tears. And every t I've talked about the story before and it could just come out. But this time I couldn't get past like the first few words before I was overwhelmed and uh, it kept happening I'd be in this shack and talking and it would just I'd just be in tears and 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 I so I began to pray and um, I laid in my bed I was up at about four o'clock in the morning and I was just asking God where is this coming from and he spoke I uh, almost in an audible voice and said because now it's heartfelt that you've made that journey from your head to your heart and you value it there he's given me a new heart and a new spirit about recovery and that's by miracle thank you. god bless you thank you
Good morning. Uh, good afternoon. I'm sorry. It's, uh, my name is Yusuf, track nine. And um, I believe that God sent me here for a real reason. I didn't look, you know, to see what details about any rehab, but I believe that he sent me to this rehab because to fix my teeth or to get better or to stay sober. And I prayed for him to make me feel better and get back, to, you know, my health. And and that's that's what exactly happened. Every morning I feel much better. I, I don't know how. That's why I say it's a miracle, but I really do feel much better. You know, he sent me here for a reason, to get back to my religion, to get back to my beliefs, and to see what's right or wrong, and to help me get better every day. And now my family talks to me again from from all from God, and that, I believe that's my miracle. Thank, Thank you. you. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Daniel, track four. Um, I actually find it interesting, David, that you use this quote, because, uh, you know, for the past few days, I've had something that was bothering me, you know, and I didn't talk about it. So, because I didn't speak about it, I started seeing my behaviors become negative, you know. But coming here, I kind of learned through my peers to be more mindful of that, you know. Michael made the analogy about the firefighter. My track, other guys behind me pushing me along. Because if it wasn't for their encouragement, I wouldn't have spewed out the stuff that I had inside of me. And who knows where my behavior would have went with that, you know. But I was able to dump some garbage today. And I feel like a big weight was lifted off my shoulders, you know. Um, I've been to a rehab before, and it was more like a like a hurting type thing, where it was more like a business. This place, actually, I see they really work with you, you know, because for me, I thought it was just the drink and the drug that was the problem. But coming here made me realize that I was an addict before I ever picked up a drug, mm -hmm. you know, the behaviors, things like that. So I've learned to be a little bit more mindful, you know, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank, Thank you. you. Gentlemen, people need encouragement like plants need water. The ones who need it the most are the ones who get it the least. I heard somebody trying to quote that on their way in. This, and, uh, and you didn't get it quite right, but I was so grateful that you were even trying. Um, we all come in here discouraged. We all come in here having hit some sort of bottom. You know, and, you know, we tell you over and over again that you are a good man worthy of love and respect and it's a process and it's a journey and most of you think that's a bunch of nonsense until suddenly you realize you are a good man worthy of love and respect and there are people in this room who've been placed in your path who have been sources of encouragement for you they have helped you you know we're starting this whole new pay it forward initiative so that we can demonstrate and show each other all of our random acts of kindness well, at this time, as we do every Friday, we give you an opportunity to share with someone how their efforts have been helpful to us. So we ask if there's someone in this room who's been a source of encouragement for you, maybe they helped you get through a tough time, tough letter, tough group, tough phone call, tough something or other, that you take a moment to recognize them, to give them words of encouragement, keeping two things in mind. One, if you choose to encourage someone, uh, please try to focus on one or two people as opposed to I want to thank the whole community because it tends to lose its power when it's the whole community. And two, remember that encouragement and praise are two different things. Praise stops at thank you. Encouragement goes that extra mile and lets someone know just how their efforts have been helpful to us. So is there someone in this room who's been a source of encouragement for you that you'd be willing to recognize now? 
Come forward. Uh, my name is Anthony B. I'm still in detox, my last day. Um, I share the room with uh, Kevin. And um, last night, Kevin you. was uh, very encouraging to a lot of people in the uh, room. He actually... Uh, Tell him. Oh. Tell him. Oh. Yeah, Kev, thank you uh, so much. You know, last night, I was really down. We all were. You uh, encouraged us to go up on the hill, talk, which really helped out. You know, we shared a bunch of stories. And um, for the first time in my life, I felt like I wasn't the only one. And I was here before, didn't take it seriously, was really arrogant, left, you know, with a chip on my shoulder. And uh, for some reason, this place called me back. You know, I don't know what that reason is, but I knew I needed this place because I could have done a 28-day program or whatever. But for some reason, this place called me back. And, you know, I'm just I'm thankful, you know, for, for having a guy like you in my room to encourage me and uh, other people like Adam. He's in our room, too. Um, well, you know, at night when we're laying down, relaxing, you know, we tell stories back and forth. Uh, we start going over step work, you know. Um, so, I mean, you know, I really appreciate everything you've done. You might not have even known you've done it, you know. But every time, you know, ask me how I'm doing or, you know, you want to go for a walk, it really helps out, man. It really does. So uh, I appreciate that a lot, man. Hi, John C. Track 9. I want to encourage Christopher G. and Luan H. Um, yeah, how... You guys helped me the most is because I've been here a long time now, and uh, I've been getting down that my halfway house hasn't been coming as fast as I want it to. And you guys bring me joy and happiness and laughter every day. It just makes me want to stay even more and know that I need to be here, and this is where I need to be. So I want to thank you guys. Charles A., track 12. I want to encourage Christopher M. Uh, yesterday I was kind of down. And uh, I came to you, and you immediately said, yo, let's go take a walk. And that walk and the talk we had, and you just, you helped me get out of my own head. And it's helped me because I tend to overthink things, and getting it out of my own head helps me. So thanks a lot, man. Uh, Mike, track, Mike H, track eight. Um, my friend Pete on track eight with me. Uh, he helps me see where I'm wrong. And uh, you, 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 uh, you do me a, a lot of favors, like, you know, by telling me, you know, straighten up here, do this right, do this, don't forget this. And I really appreciate that, man. And you, you've been great to me, and I appreciate it. Michael, let me just ask you a quick question. Um, I hear you specifically saying, you tell me, do this, don't do this. And you're saying that that's been helpful. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you picture a time in your life when people told you, do this, don't do this, and you rebelled against it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Definitely. So as much as you've been a source of encouragement for Michael, Peter, um, Michael, you can give your, don't be afraid to give yourself on the pat on the back for being the kind of guy who's willing to hear someone say, do this and not do that today. Yes, sir. All right? Let me see. There you go. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Yusuf A. Track 9. I want to encourage my buddy that I came in with, Harold. And that, uh, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Since we was coming together in the car service, and and I was telling you about my certain situation, 
and we had you know, a certain situation in common, and you really helped me out to you know stay with it and come over here. You always keep me on point, focused to you know do the best and not to be angry or anything like that. You know, I really appreciate it, brother. And you you made me stay here, and I'm here for you too. Thank you. Out of track nine, I'd like to encourage Brett. Uh, Brett, you are great at what you do, man. You keep the community tight as a co-chair. You always, uh, you're always focused. You know, you um, you're serious about your recovery. You know, and I think you're a great person for the whole entire community to look up to. You definitely helped me to stay here a bunch of times. I was halfway out the door, and you know, you pulled me back, and uh, I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, because uh, I think you're helping a lot more people than you even know. Thanks. You know, there's you know, oh, well over a hundred guys in the room right now, and if I told you before you walked in here, you have the ability to make a healthy and positive difference in someone else's life in a very short amount of time, most of you guys would say, you're crazy. Because you're so used to being told that you're no good, that you're valueless. You're so used to being selfish and looking out for number one. Yet every week we do this and we recognize each other. One alcoholic and addict helping another. The way AA was formed. And, you know, I'm grateful to be able to see this happen here every day. I'm going to shut this thing down now and let people know that if you'd like more information about St. Christopher's Inn, you can find us on the web at www.stchristophersinn.org. Until next time, we wish you peace, serenity, and... Sobriety! And... Sobriety! Yeah, we want them to feel like you mean it, guys. Thank you.